Welcome back to another episode of the QB Draw Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ezra. And this week, we've brought along a friend of the program, Sean Blevins, uh, to talk with us today. We've got a couple couple of topics in mind that we're going to talk through. Um, But overall, just great to have Sean back on the pod. Yeah, I'm glad to be back on here. This is the uh, the second time now. The first time went well, and I'm glad. I'm so glad to be back. Um, so let me uh, talk. Let me give a little bit of words about myself. Um, the high school basketball season in Ohio just ended, and um, I was covering games for the Delaware Gazette, and I also covered the uh, the high school football season as well in Delaware County. And then I also wrote like a playoff notebook for football and basketball on my personal page. And now I'm doing exclusive like feature stories on athletes around Ohio on there. So yes, yeah, so Sean's, Sean's a guy to watch in the space. And if you aren't subscribed to his newsletter, I recommend it, especially for all things uh, as it pertains to Ohio state sports. Uh, high school is, is uh, his, Specialty at the moment, but he does a great breakdown of all of the playoffs and things like that. So it's definitely a good space to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, we, we really appreciate having Sean on. Um, like I alluded to earlier, we've got a couple topics we're going to talk about today. We're going to start off our conversation with, uh, I would say, a very uplifting story that's come out from the Ohio State program uh, within the past couple of weeks. Uh, the news that broke of Harry Miller's retirement from the sport of football, which obviously we had discussed on an earlier episode with Ryan, uh, not really understanding the, the context surrounding what was going on with Harry. Uh, everybody was kind of wondering where he was within the, within the spring practice and within the, within the team. And then some news broke. You know, Harry broke the story himself about how uh, he had been um, having some thoughts, uh, you know, uh, and some issues with his mental health, um, which of course we at the QB Draw Pod uh, recommend. If you are having similar issues, please do reach out to those uh, that can help you. Um, we're, you know, we, we really do appreciate uh, Harry's effort, um, you know, to kind of come forth because, you know, I mean, in a traditionally, historically, uh, you know, a, a macho sport like football, discussions of mental health and things like that can be looked down upon. But really appreciated Harry coming forward and, and actually credited Ryan Day in some capacity with, with saving his life, which is, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I, I did not know uh, Ryan Day, you know, of any volition before he got the Ohio state job. Certainly my, uh, opinions on him, uh, since he took over are well-documented, but I, I knew next to nothing about him outside of the sport of football and, uh, you know, outside of the context of Ohio state football, but, you know, to hear something like that and to hear, you know, sort of how Ryan's been dealing with that in the media is, is really heartening. Uh, you know, it, it's encouraging, um, is what it is. Um, because, you know, granted, you know, any time you get a situation like that, it'd be a great PR opportunity in the scummiest way possible for, you know, the, the program to come out and say, Hey, come here we're we're mental health advocates, but, uh, really great to, great story to hear. Um, as what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, honestly, not at all what I expected, um, really took me off guard when I heard about the whole Harry Miller situation. Um. But it is nice to hear uh, that Harry is seemingly doing better now. Um, it, 
with or without football, it seems like without for now, uh, and, and probably probably for the foreseeable future, um, if not uh, ever. And he's a smart guy, you know. Um, from everything we've heard, he can do plenty of uh, other things outside of football or to do with football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've made fun of Harry Miller's uh, rumored uh, proclivity for like Bitcoin and crypto before, but uh, <laughs> he, he is a really smart guy. He is um, smart. Yeah, um, and it, it it's nice to see this end not in tragedy and in um, and in a, a place where Harry is sort of I, I hate that word normalizing, but uh, like you said, football is a very traditionally macho sport, and something like this um, prior to this sort of new age that we're in could have been seen as sort of like a weakness um something that sort of he's i you know it's something that's not as real as it is um and played up by coaches as a football weakness rather than uh a, a legitimate illness that someone deals with like any other physical ailment um and, and, and it, yeah um and it is good to see it's good to see that Ryan Day was apparently very apt in helping him out and getting him the resources he needed. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if in the past uh, coaches that, uh, you know, football coaches have that sort of response that uh, Ryan Day does and hopefully other coaches around the country do now. Um, I, I think this is sort of a modern phenomenon of people reacting uh, better to that. Um, and I think that's a great thing. And like you uh, referred to, John, it's nice to not see um, him using it as straight up program propaganda um, and not sort of going out of his way to publicize it. I, I, that would feel a little bit gross to me. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's very sad that this happened in the first place, but um, it seems like the outcome is is looking up for everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, Sean, did you have anything you wanted to add yeah. on that? Um, I I hope other programs try to emulate the response teams that Ohio State has in place for suicide awareness and pre- prevention and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a weird thing online too to see like uh, you know people with uh, you know especially on Twitter with like Michigan Avies and Michigan Pro Picks and things like that that are saying like you know ultimately. Um, that Ryan Day is doing the right thing because you know you, you, it'll be a cold day in hell where where you uh, before you you hear that a, a lot of times. But it's really great to see kind of the whole college fo- football community as a whole kind of come together for Harry um, and and come together around this program. And uh, you know I, I think like you said, like we do hope that uh, other programs do make you know similar steps and and checking in on players. You know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't really have much more on this. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's much to say on it football-wise. Um, it, Luke Whippler seems to have stepped into the center role that Harry Miller was, uh, was you know, going to play in the future. It, it, um, I, I, I think that's pretty much all there is to say about it, unless you two have uh, uh, any further comments. Um, no. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think this is a good story. I think this is a good, 
you know, we're happy for Harry, you know, and, and we're mm-hmm. proud of Harry for, for having the, the balls to come out and talk about stuff like this. Cause you know, like we said before in generations past, even in, uh, you know, today, like, you know, that it is such a, a time where, um, you're broadcast to so many different things that can impact your mental health and for, for Harry to have the, the personal character to come forward and talk about it, I think was fantastic. Um, we are going to move on at this point to the real reason we brought on uh, Sean Blevins. Uh, we've got some interesting Ohio State tangential uh, information to talk about um, as it pertains to one of the rising stars in the Ohio State football team community, uh, Mr. Alex Stiles from Pickerington Central. Uh, you may know him as Sonny, uh, a bit of a dual sport athlete, and Sean had the the uh, – the ability to cover him throughout the year and uh, had some thoughts that he wanted to share about uh, Sonny as an athlete and as a basketball player. Yeah. I mean, this kid is just a, he's a winner, you know, he's not only is he an amazing football player. Um, he was obviously recruited. Uh, he's reclassified to the 2022 football class and obviously he'll play for Ohio state in the fall. And I mean, I don't know how much he'll actually get on the field at all because he'll be, so young. I think he's only 16 or 17 right now. But, yeah, he's so young. He's obviously recruited here to play the bullet position, which is – I mean, that position doesn't really exist anymore. It's called and, something else now. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to have Jim Knowles here. He's uh, – I'll be exciting to see what he can do with Sony, you know. And then – but more importantly, we're here to talk about Sony on the basketball court, you know. So, um, his impact cannot be – really quantified in stats. I mean, most of the time he won't score more than 10 or 12 points per game, but he'll get like six rebounds, five assists, play elite defense, play how he has elite leadership capabilities. I mean, yeah, it's, it's insane. When he led uh, Pickerington Central, obviously, to the state championship along with his teammate Devin Royal, who also has an Ohio State basketball offer. Um, he's a... Uh, He's a heck of a basketball player, and um, let me tell you a, a story um, about Sony. So in the uh, district final at Ohio Dominican against Olin Tandy Liberty, I had the, I had the uh, privilege of covering this game. Uh, through three quarters, Olin Tandy Liberty was up seven. Um, they were up seven against, obviously, the number one ranked team in Ohio. And then uh, Sony wasn't really playing that well through three. But in the fourth, he stepped up and had, like, six assists and picked Central Storm back. And now they ended up winning the state title over Centerville and snapped their 45-game win streak. Yeah, that's uh, that, something. Uh, yeah. 45-games win streaks uh, don't come by very often, especially in a sport like basketball where there are so many, uh, you know, you're playing so many games a week and things like that. Uh, not that a 45-win streak, game-win streak in football would be that common either. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's just – I think what you speak to and, and, you know, how much of what can we draw from his basketball career that uh, will will yield results in, in football is tough to tell. But I think the things that you talked about, uh, the competitive fire, uh, the leadership, those are things that – that defense last year that Ohio State had uh, pretty much lacked really across the board. Like, uh, you know, that that aggression, um, you know, I've seen some footage of him going up and rebounding and going and grabbing balls. And, like, 
just wanting to fight for things, I think, will set him uh, apart from some of his his older counterparts at Ohio State. It just seemed like last year uh, everybody seemed resigned to the fate of, well, the defense just isn't very good, so fuck it, really. Um, but I'm excited to see an athlete of his caliber, too, which, again, it's crazy. You mentioned he's 16 years old because some of the footage of him, especially on a basketball court, it looks like this, man, this is a grown-ass man out there playing with Boys. And uh, I'm, I'm really pumped to see him on the on the football field. Uh, I one last plea to the the you know Pickerington Central folks: if you can find it in your heart to release that man from Algebra Two and uh, <laughs> enlist in, uh, in just let it, just let him come here, let him do spring practice. I just need to see the man in a silver helmet get that black stripe removed and get him ready for the season. Mm. I I'm in total agreement. Enough high school. He's 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 given enough to your high school. Um, yeah. It's time for him to be uh, on the football field. My question, and I, I think we all sort of know the answer to this, uh, Sean. But between him and I don't know how much you've seen of C.J. Hicks, but does it seem like uh, these guys are sort of a new archetype for a linebacker compared to what Ohio State has had in previous years? Uh, they can tough Borland, Taraja Mitchell. Uh, totally, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Um, yeah, just athletically a different type of guy. A lot longer, uh, lengthier in terms of height and wingspan uh, and rangier on the field, I'd say, from what I've seen. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Gone in the of uh, A.J. Hawk and uh, Bobby Carpenter, who were you know as wide as they were tall uh, out there <laughs> on the football field. Which uh, we've we've alluded to in previous episodes as well, but uh, yeah, talk talk a little to us a little bit about what you've seen, Sean, from them in terms of athleticism. Oh yeah, Sony obviously his his unique unicorn abilities and his versatility. Like uh, he can play linebacker, safety, and even he even played edge a little bit in high school. But I don't, I don't think he'll play that at the next level, obviously, at all. But it'd be, it'd be cool to see, like, like you know how Micah Parsons sort of played a little bit of it. I mean, he played for the Cowboys in the past year or so. He That's didn't really play. What I, what I kind of thought of when I saw his tape is it, I see a little bit of Micah Parsons. And like we said, like, usually Ohio State, when they go out and get these dynamic defensive players or I guess dynamic is not the word. They go out and get this defensive talent. It's either in the form of like a lockdown corner like Jeffrey Okuda or like an edge rusher. And we don't really see this kind of dynamic athleticism, that ability to play on multiple spots across the field, uh, other than, of course, the uh, linebackers that we play at tight end. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be really cool to see him and, and CJ and you know, like we talked about earlier, who knows how much playing time they're going to get. But, you know, <clears throat> eventually they will get on the field. And, uh, you know, that's that's the biggest question mark for me is, like, how much can Jim Knowles do in one offseason, especially with these, you know, the, the, the talent that's coming in? You know, is it, like, reasonable? What are reasonable expectations to have entering this season um, for the freshmen, for the defense, do you think, um, you know, is it reasonable to think that we should be talking about playoffs again, do you think? Yeah, the defense should be much improved, I mean, under Jim Knowles. I mean, 
he already got with all the transfers that he got, you know. Like a Diamante train him, he'll be playing linebacker, I believe. And then obviously uh he brought over Jim Knowles brought over Tanner McAllister with him, safety. Uh, he's pretty good. Um I think he'll probably start right away. Anyway, we have Josh Proctor returning, so that's exciting. I'm I'm so excited to see Josh Proctor back. Hopefully he's back in full pads soon because that just that aggression and the you know the ability that he had you know obviously we've seen the highlights of him murdering Jack Cohen um, you know I, those are the kinds of things that, that defense really lacked last year right like uh, you know you, we've got reports coming out about uh, Tyleek Williams um, you know having the fastest ten yard sprint of anybody in the entire program which is like akin to great defensive tackles in the past that's something that they always said about uh Vince Wilfork you know like hopefully we can find a way to get these dynamic athletes onto the field um and, and clear the way and, and not have to play guys who are 100 years old uh you know through the end of their career here right uh or tough Borland who is like six months out of an Achilles uh tendon tear yeah. um who he was not that athletic before that tear um and then afterwards uh it didn't get any better, we'll say. You know, I'll uh, say uh, going man on man to man with him on Devontae Smith was uh, was a it was such choice. yeah 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 not not what I would have done. It was such a perfect encapsulation of the Kerry Combs defensive era, and I'm just shocked that it didn't end after. I guess I'm not shocked. I understand why it didn't, but uh, it not ending after putting. Uh, tough Borland on the Heisman trophy, like the first Heisman trophy winning receiver in like 25 years. Um, certainly a decision. Um, not one I would have made. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's tough to have, like what are realistic expectations? Like when it comes to Ohio state football, right? Like, you know, we've been so spoiled in a lot of ways and, and the ability to, um, you know, become the bridesmaid, right? Like uh, where we're always getting in ourselves into the situation to be in those games. Um, you know, and again, you know, I, I think as a metric moving forward, it should be more of a determinant of the coach you know, they talk about in college basketball, you know, your ability to get to the final four, um, which I think hand holds up in college football as well, should be a lot more valuable in some ways than your ability to win national championships. Like if at the end of the day, Ryan Day only wins, you know, one national championship, I think it will speak to volumes about his ability to get back to the big game because that consistency year in and year out is what separates you from your competition. It's what separates you from uh, the folks that have one good year uh, that we will not be talking about any further until, uh, until November of this year. Um, you know, and, and, and your ability to, you know, to stop that momentum of this year, you know, if, if you're able to uh, beat the team, the team up North and, and uh, keep them from, cementing their flag as you know a bit of uh, a bit of a powerhouse again i think it is is so essential and and you know it, like we've said before it would be near impossible for the defense to get worse so it's going to feel like any remote improvement on the defensive side of the ball feels like uh you know just the ability to get off the field um in, in a timely manner is going to feel incredible right uh if we could we can ultimately pull it off 
Yeah, uh, we've said a lot that um, that Notre Dame game week one will show will uh, show us a lot. Um, and luckily enough, it seems like that ESPN will retain that game uh, despite the Joe Buck trade. Uh, I believe yeah, what up- was the, the the rumors on that were like that they traded Joe Buck, but they got to yeah. It seems like. They did. It seems like Fox did get a game, but they got Penn State Purdue, which is oh, not boy. quite as good as. Uh... It's like uh, I, I think that's like when the uh, when the Cel- uh, Celtics and Cavs traded uh, Kyrie for it, and they had to throw in a conditional <laughs> second round pick or something dumb like that. Yeah, because like, yeah, of the failed physical, it's like, uh, yeah, you can have a top fifty five protected for uh, second. That's what the uh, that's what the Penn State. So Purdue you're telling me what you're alluding to is that Joe Buck failed physical in the that, trade. Yeah, or, um, that must have been. His felt strained on the day of the the physical. <laughs> uh, his agent's been trying to bury that story, but uh, we broke that first here on the QB Talk podcast. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think all in all, right? Like that game being on Ohio's. Uh, I'm sorry, on ESPN is a life changer. Because the last thing I want to be hearing on the first big news, you know, Joel Klatt and, uh, you know, and company. Uh, Joel Klatt talking about whichever player's mother considered abortion, whichever player's father had, yeah. has been incarcerated. Um, just, God, the, Joel Klatt with J.K. Dobbins was like unbearable. Um, it, well, it didn't was they bag Tom Rinaldi too, who was always ESPN's like yeah. bad story guy. Yeah. Like, did yeah. it's uh, like it's like the NFL draft, but for four hours on one player. And the New England Patriots select John Brown. John Brown, uh, his father died in a horrific car accident. In yeah, 12 years. that's all the NFL like, draft is. Go to Kirk Street's corner where he does the front and back footage of, of the car crash over and over <laughs> it's again. Like, you can see here the tra- the trauma in 12-year-old John's face as his father was incinerated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that, you know, the um, the acquisition of, of Kirk Herbstreet's contract, or, or I, I was hoping they would just take him from ESPN because I, I don't mind Kirk, but man, oh man, they keep, you know, every time Kirk is there, that gives them more reason to drag out the corpse of Lee Corso. Um, mm. and, you know, if, if, if they let Kirk go, I don't think they could bring back, uh, you know, it's a, it's a driving Miss Daisy type situation where Kirk has to like, um, constantly remind Lee Corso that they're on TV and, uh, you know, he has to be touched with reality and stuff. His like name that. is Lee Corso and that it's yeah. a Saturday and, yeah. <laughs> and that uh, they do a college football show and what college football is. I feel bad for Lee. They need to let the man retire. Um, well, that's the thing with, with, uh, you know, the story that comes out about Kirk and, and granted, you know, all of us have jobs. So, you know, you work, uh, you know, your hours a week. So, but still, you know, Kirk Herbstreet's his weekends are going to be hell from now yeah, on, right? He's going to have right. Thursday, I mean, the fact that they that that speaks more to ESPN than it does to Kirk because the, how they could, can't find a a comparable guy to put on telecast like even close because again Kirk like is good but he's not out of this world I don't find any of his analysis he's to be fine that, yeah he's yeah. fine it's just laziness I think at the end of the day and I think it's probably trying to save money in some regards of like 
oh well like we can pay him however many and that cost however much and that costs uh you know less than paying for you know a, a new startup guy to to kind of get it his his feet wet here but yeah i mean i don't know like i'm excited for for the big game and you know excited for spring football coming up here when's the spring game uh it's april 16 i want to say i actually think i'm yeah. gonna be in columbus for that i'll be there yeah Hell yeah. Oh, so we'll, maybe we'll have to have like a live live meetup show, with yeah. you and uh yeah we'll uh we'll be set up right on uh right outside the shoe um we'll have uh, a giant <laughs> set up that'll be us there no other no other team can call it declare, declare that their space um yeah. um yeah i don't i don't I'm okay with having this be a quicker episode unless there's anything else y'all want to get into. Um, uh, Joe Royer watch. Um, Joe Royer I got I got to talk about Joe Royer for a minute. I, I got to talk about really the entire tight end room. And okay, Kevin all right, all right. In, in yeah, general. you can go for it. Um, you know, so a quote's going around social media today about how um, Ryan Day thinks that if you were to, um, you know, it, it if he were given the opportunity to move a an athletic offensive tackle uh, to the tight end position and it would benefit the offense, uh, he would be open to doing so. Which, you know, we've said it before on this podcast a million times. How in the world does Kevin Wilson still have a job? <laughs> in case, right? If you're, if you're talking about moving DeWan Jones to tight end to save the offense, how in the world do we keep recruiting these, uh, you know, three and a half star guys from Tennessee or Ohio? Whoever Calvin Wilson looks up first in the in the twenty four seven rankings gives a phone call and signs up for a four year scholarship, and none of them, you know, are, are capable of seeing the field beyond an athletic tight uh, offensive tackle. Boy, oh boy, uh, are we going to have problems this year? Um, we really need to have like Mayor Pete or somebody come in and. Uh, <laughs> You know, McKinsey comes in and, and does a, a full evaluation of, of who exactly what's going on with the tight end. The guys group. from uh, the guys from Office Space. Like, yeah. What, what, what do, do you do here? Yeah, yeah. What do you do here, Kevin? And and really, the tight end room as a whole. You know, you're gonna find. Uh, you know, if yes, yeah, Sam Hart. That, what do you do here exactly? Yeah, if we can, if we can save the school. You know, and, and this is something that I pitched uh, earlier uh, to friend of the program Wyatt about. Um, Saving scholarship dollars, allowing Sonny Styles to play both uh, basketball and football. Really, they should do it with anybody who wants it. You know, Gabe Powers would be, uh, to, in my mind, the perfect uh, end of the bench guy for a basketball team because you just want a guy who knocks heads around uh, ultimately at the end of the day. But I say that to say, if we can maximize our, our uh, efficiency with these scholarships, you know, if we cut the entire tight end room and just have some athletic tackles or Jack Sawyer fill in at tight end, we're going to be just up just fine. And we're going to save so much money, um, you know, and, and they can take some of that money and, and pay it back to the QB draw podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that would be great for us. Um, Sean, you got anything else? You got anything you want to rant on Sean? Anything that I want to rant on. Um, even though Ohio State had an 11 and two year, I mean, that's considered a down year for us, you know, we, 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 we will not be that bad again, you know, I mean, we weren't even really bad, you know, mm -hmm. there was, it was one of the most 
aesthetically pleasing offenses that I've seen, you know. And uh, we'll only get better with uh, JSN, Marvin, Amika, Julian Fleming. Our and, boy, uh, uh, who's the Cam Bab? Cam Bab, you've heard it here, folks. Cam yeah. Who's the? Uh, there's another receiver that's been getting a lot of buzz lately online. Um, I'm I'm excited for Marvin Harrison on it, and uh, yeah. obviously, I mean, yeah. Marv, everybody, Man Marv, uh, Ralph Man Marv, yeah, yeah. This is this is exciting times, right? Uh, oh, uh, helmet watch. Um, we saw CJ Stroud's new helmet. I like watch. the helmets. I I like the helmets. They look cool. Yeah, really funky. I think is yeah. what it comes down to. Not something we're used to seeing. I'm not sure how it's going to look on the field, on the real field, but in the dome, it looks cool. Um, so we're we're excited for CJ. We're excited to have CJ back. Um, we're going to have a Quinn Ewers pack watch soon, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Quinn Ewers. We keep talking tough online about Quinn Ewers. We're gonna Texas, fans are, uh, Texas fans are confident. I'll say that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot about Sark's, Sark's QB development with uh, I don't Quinn Ewers. know where that came from. Like, what quarterbacks How? has he developed? Yeah, like, like it, you got to, you know, and I live in Austin, so I, I'm not far from the stadium. Yeah, but uh, I... I don't. They they don't really televise practice around here, so I don't know how you know. And they haven't played a spring game, so I don't know how anybody has these sweeping uh, you know conclusions about Sark's ability <laughs> to develop Quinn Ewers in the, the four months that he's been on campus. But uh, you know, all the power, all the power to them. Texas might be. I mean, they're in the top two, I think, running for Arch Manning too. Like, it's just unbelievable. Yes, yes. No, no, no. This is what needs to happen. Arch Manning needs to either so there's there's an immovable force meets you know a, you know a, an innumerable force meets an immovable object here. You've got Arch Manning coming to mm. town. One of them has to pack up and leave, right? Yeah. Does, does Quinn use that as the opportunity to go play for Tech? You know, um, does you know Arch Manning? Does Arch Manning? You know, I, I'm looking at rosters that have high power passing attacks that don't have a set and sewn starter for, you know, the, the class of 2024. Um, and, you know, there's a school up North that, uh, that doesn't have, uh, you know, I mean, Devin Brown, we, we think the world of Devin Brown, but uh, we'll gladly welcome Arch Manning on a transfer. That's, that, that's something I'll, I'll I'm absolutely. Open to. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, anything else? I am good to get out of here. Uh, thank you so much for coming, Sean. Uh, any yeah. last comments? Uh, thank you guys for inviting me to come back on. It was a great second episode, way better than the first one. Yeah, Sean, uh, always a pleasure, man. Can you plug your uh, your uh, newsletter for the people? Oh, yeah, it's uh, com. And we'll post a link to that as well for, for anybody who's interested in that content. Sean, we, we're always uh, glad to have you on. Thanks for coming. And, and as always, good to chat with you as well. Um, and with that, we'll end. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.